Welcome back, listeners, to a brand new episode, a week 18 episode of the new standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime, Lance Williams. I am him. And I have my partner in crime, Neil Kulong, as I fumbled that intro. But that's fine. There were a lot of fumbles. Jalen Warren. (laughs) (laughs) I got my Jalen Warren on as I started the game. And if you want to participate in the program, make sure you go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams and or Neil Kulong. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, You can search for the podcast with the new standard, however you get yours, and do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams and Arneel Kulong. And like and subscribe to the pod and to the YouTube show. I want to throw it to to you, Neil. What's your thoughts on this game today? It was, uh, you don't want to call it pretty, that's for sure. And I, I apologize for this. I just lost. The uh, the update I think everybody is waiting for. I'm guessing that would be possibly the update around. Yes, let let's just jump into let's, that. Let's, let's, let's in, just jump in, the, in the Steelers' seventeen to ten win over rival Baltimore, their seventh win over the Ravens in their last eight meetings, closing off the regular season at a ten and seven mark. The Steelers in the the uh, late in the third quarter lost. All pro outside linebacker TJ Watt to uh, what looked like a left knee injury. Um, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk is reporting. If Watt has a grade three MCL sprain, which is a complete tear or close to it, it'd be hard to imagine him playing next week. The early word uh, coming out is that he does not, he is not thought to have a torn ACL. In fact, if you did see it, Watt was screaming to, to get back into the game. Um, late here's what happens uh they'll look at him in the blue tent and do just kind of a quick eval you know like a, a direct evaluation if the player leaves uh from the blue tent and goes into the locker room what they're doing is going for an x-ray and when you get an x-ray uh they'll be able to see with with some uh definitive uh confirmation of whether it's a ligament tear or not because uh the word is that it's an mcl tear that is something that uh, a player can recover from a little bit faster because it's not surgical in most cases. You can put the surgery off. An ACL tear, you need to get the surgery right away. Um, the, the severity of it is such that they need to repair it uh, really when the swelling goes down. But that is why the, it's a season-ending injury. It's not because he's immobile uh, because that ligament is torn. It's more of the fact that they need the surgery to be able to do it. So let me, let the me fact that Watt... Quick, Neil. Let me read something real quick, and I'll, let you, and I'll throw it back to you. And I'm reading this off of the website of the Cleveland Clinic, and it defines a grade three MCL tear as as a severe tear in which your MCL is completely torn. Both the superficial and deep parts of your knee will likely be very unstable and loose, and you'll probably experience intense pain and tenderness. It's common for someone to have other knee injuries, especially damage to their ACL, if they have a grade three mcl tear that's just a brief synopsis of it off that website go ahead now now the 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 long-term prognosis or the next week prognosis is probably not very good you know tj watt is at the very least going to say publicly uh, up and down that he wants to play 
can't blame him for that. I wouldn't think that uh, he would be available next week, but we don't know if there will be a next week because the Steelers have not yet clinched a playoff spot. Now they improved their chances tremendously with this win um, against a, a, a Ravens team that are, had already clinched the top seed in the AFC and rested a lot of their players, but not all of them. I would like to point that out. And I would like to point out it's not as if the Steelers have all of their guys from who they started the season with either. So uh, it was really kind of a mash unit, almost a, a half of a preseason game out there for both teams tonight. Um, but a, a, a big Steelers win, and that certainly helps their chances to grab uh, a wild card spot, uh, depending on the outcome of tomorrow's games. And tomorrow, what you were looking at is the 1 p.m. kick. So in the early games, the one to watch is Jacksonville at Tennessee. The Steelers need a Titans win in this game to clinch. It's not the only scenario, but that's the first one to watch. Lance and I will go on uh, immediately following that game if the Steelers do clinch a playoff spot, which would be a Titans win over the Jaguars. And the uh, Jaguars, who defeated the Steelers earlier this year, are three-point favorites against the floundering Titans, who might be, uh, probably are, I would guess, uh, going to play their last game with head coach Mike Vrabel. Not a real good bet, in my opinion, but not impossible. Not a stretch. If that does not go the Steelers' way, however, they have another shot at it. They've got a Dolphins win over the Bills in Miami, right? That's in Miami. Correct. Um, Sunday night would clinch a playoff spot and eliminate Buffalo. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites against a Dolphins team that lost seemingly most of their players uh, over the last four weeks or so of the season. We don't know how they'll they'll respond to that. Miami has played Buffalo uh, more than well in recent years. So um, I don't know. You, you get a toss-up either way. Um, I, I don't think I would straight-up pick both of those teams. Um, I don't know if I'd pick either of them to be honest with you. It's a it, that's a it's a pretty tough scenario for the Steelers, but at the very least, uh, the Steelers are uh, they they finished their regular season uh, playing the best football they have played overall this year, three games in a row. Um, I I felt that was the case, Lance. I'm not sure if you uh, would agree with that. They ran the ball well in terrible conditions tonight. That's a really hard environment to play in. And it's not that Tyler Hundley, the Ravens quarterback, is is as terrible as his stats suggest. It's just that's how hard it was to throw the ball. Uh, Mason Rudolph, though, stepped up and made the one big throw in this game, a 71-yard touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson, Johnson's fifth touchdown in 10 games since since going 22 straight games without a touchdown. Uh, he's a quasi-touchdown machine now, and that was his biggest play in, in quite a long time. So let me review this to, to what Neil said. Here are the full breakdowns of the scenarios. Steelers win and Buffalo lose. Excuse me. Steelers win and Jacksonville lose or tie. Steelers win and Indianapolis Houston ends in a tie. That's going to happen. That's going to happen today. Don't that game is on right it. now. Um, <laughs> that game. No, it, it's funny, though. Remember, <laughs> you and I, uh, I remember talking after the show in 2019. Same situation. They needed uh, the, the Steelers actually had all but clinched a playoff spot 
we acted as if they clinched it. In fact, we were joking on the show. It's not as if the Chargers and Raiders are going to tie tonight or anything like that. I had to stay up and watch that entire game. And it came down to like a 50-yard field goal at the end of overtime. They damn yeah, near tied that, that game. <laughs> it couldn't have come any closer than that. And the whole time I'm thinking like, oh, man, we're going to get savaged. <laughs> we got this entire show making fun of the idea of this tie. So I'm not going to rule out a tie. Um, I, I yeah. will say, obviously, ties are very unlikely. We don't expect that to happen. If it does, though, it's a good thing for the Steelers. Uh, they would advance to the playoffs right now if Houston and uh, – who are they playing? And the Colts. Indy. <laughs> the Colts. And Indy. The Colts. Two teams who beat the Steelers this year tie tonight in primetime. Now, ESPN is doing a live odds – website scenario where the analytics team live calculates the playoff chances and it combines in current win probabilities with ESPN's FPI football power index and they give each team's postseason a likelihood through the week 18 slate the projected final standings update regularly and on their website right now in real time the Steelers have a 69.8% chance to make the playoffs. Now, of course, we have not gotten deep into the Texans-Colts game, but at the moment, the odds are swaying in the Steelers' favor to possibly get the seventh seed. Let's peel back this game a little bit, and let's jump into this comment from Anthony Picano. Mason is the quarterback for this team. Deal with it. Let me jump into a couple of stats from Mason today. 18 of 20 for 152, a touchdown pass and 115 rating. And his 115 rating gives him three consecutive weeks of a rating over 110, which hasn't happened for the Steelers probably in the last five seasons, including with Ben Roethlisberger. Given the circumstances and the elements in which he played in this game, one, do you think this was Rudolph's best game as a starter? And as Anthony Picano would say and ask the question or makes the statement, is Mason the quarterback for this team moving forward? Uh, both answers to me are quick and emphatic no's. And there, there are a variety of reasons for both of those things. Um, this, this was a tough game for Rudolph. I, I appreciate the workmanlike manner he went into this one. Um, it, 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 watch the game. It was damn near impossible to throw the ball. He delivered it pretty well. Um, he, he put passes on the money when they needed to. That Johnson throw was tough. He had to sit back and sling that. Um, and it was the one spot he needed to put it. Uh, not just for it to be a completion, but for it to be a big play. Um, easily the, the top throw of the game, easily the play of the game. Good on him for that. He played better the last two weeks, although I, I think fairly you throw this one out. Just the, the weather was a disaster. It's not a passing game um, uh, uh, environment tonight. A good game by him, certainly. I uh, look at Hundley's performance in comparison to Rudolph's. You clearly see which one was better, and you clearly see which team won the game. I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Is he their quarterback? Uh, if they play next week, I would imagine Rudolph will start. I, I don't yeah, think 
he is going to start. Absolutely. I, and I am sure Tomlin has spoken to that by now. I haven't seen the, the flurry of tweets from everybody saying that he did. Um, if he if Tomlin's going to back away from it and say we're going to evaluate and blah blah blah, he, he, look, he just won three in a row. He, he's this is without question the best three game stretch we have seen at the quarterback position in a very long time in Pittsburgh. I don't think there's any way in the world you could not start long term, though. It's a different story. You, you have a real tough situation. Um, I've talked about this a couple times, I can't stress this enough though. Mason Rudolph is a free agent for as well as you are saying that he's playing and you're right. Every other team in the league is looking at this right now. They know, okay, you're not going to get him for the, the 10 million a year that you just extended Trubisky for. You're not going to get him for the 8 million that Trubisky signed for initially with the Steelers. He's up 15, $16 million. This team did not build itself around the idea that they were going to need to pay a, a starter money to a veteran quarterback in 2024. They they didn't they don't have the resources really to be able to do that. I mean they they could. It's just it 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 dampens the rest of your team's ability to grow if you do that. Uh Rudolph has played exceptionally well in over these 3 games. It, it it's it's remarkable how much he's improved and he demonstrated that again tonight. He's he wasn't going to get the stats, but he made the plays when he had to make the plays. Fumbled, you don't want to see that, but a lot of people put the ball on the ground. Mason Rudolph is going to have a market for his services, and the Steelers drafted a first-round quarterback two years ago who lost his job to injury. They're not going to take Kenny Pickett out of that situation uh, long-term. Next week, I think they do, but it, it, long-term, Pickett's going to be their guy for financial reasons above anything else. Um, I don't want to say that Rudolph is going to, you know, turn back into a pumpkin like we've been talking about, but I, I will continue to say right now he's Cinderella, man. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I do know if and when he hits free agency, somebody's going to pay him at that level, and it's not going to be the Steelers. I want to jump into this comment from Corey Hatcher because I think you make solid points. However, I will say this. To Corey's point, if you roll Pickett out there, and of course we're talking about the future, whatever that is. That might be next season, the next two seasons, long term, whatever that, however we're defining that. And I would guess that would be next season, the next couple of seasons, his rookie contract. Uh, if they make the playoffs and Mason Rudolph plays well, now, those are two ifs. I'm not even going to throw in the scenario if they make the playoffs and if they win a playoff game, because that's even more scenarios. I don't know how you can go back to Pickett, given any situation, given his pedigree, his pay, because his performance over his two years in playing would have nowhere near matched Mason Rudolph and I don't know how you sell that to your locker room moving forward especially if they make the playoffs and Rudolph plays well I don't know how you can sell that in your locker room moving forward that Rudolph doesn't give you the best opportunity to win if you in, in a, a front office or general manager position 
if if it is your job to deal with this, and Omar Khan, uh, if if he spoke of it, he's going to say how great of a problem it is. He's going to pu- push the positive accolades of both players. He's going to make it out to be like they're winning with whatever decision they make. The reality is his his undercarriage is in a vice because Absolutely. he cannot get that wrong. And you're betting basically your career on either Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That, that that's ain't a tough. good place to be. <laughs> no, it's not. Because I, I agree with you, Lance. I, I don't think there's a way in the world. If he, let, let's just say, and Steelers aren't even in the playoffs right now, but let's just say, because we're all in a good mood, we may as well take a look at this while it, it's it's fun and exciting because the team, if if they don't make the playoffs, the team is going to get tremendously worse after they played the game tonight. So let, let's yes. just ride yes. this momentum while we have it. If they make the playoffs, Rudolph starts and he wins. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think how, how many how many starting quarterbacks get benched after winning a playoff game, you know, especially when he came in basically off the streets. I mean, he hadn't he hadn't done anything. Uh, in in years, for him to put up what he did, it solidifies your offensive coordinator because Eddie Faulkner goes in and says, "You know that number we discussed? It's it's going to go up a few bucks now." Okay, I've got the guy here. I'm making him play well. You got no coordinator you've had has made a quarterback play this well in a long time. Okay, you changed my job in the middle of the season, and look what I'm doing. You're going to pay me more to do this full time. Rudolph should be my quarterback. Because that's honestly what Faulkner should should be saying. I don't know why he would want to hook his plow to Kenny Pickett. Let me me ask you this. You say Faulkner. By chance, is it Sullivan? No, because if it was if it if it should have been Sullivan, they would have made Sullivan the interim OC. Okay. Calling plays is not the same thing as coordinating the offense. OK, the calling plays piece in, in fairness to Faulkner, that's not something that even just the nuances of it, what you have to do, how it's going to work, everything like that. That's probably not something you want to trust to somebody who's never done that before on the fly. That doesn't mean you can't prepare him for it in the off season when he has that expectation. Telling him on Tuesday, you're going to call plays this weekend. and You've never done that probably isn't fair. So no, to, no, to no, be no. honest, Sullivan was the better yeah. choice for that. Um, but I, I think tonight, tonight wasn't my favorite, the, the way that, that Sullivan set stuff up. Um, they, they were on target right away. They did a great job on their script for a third game in a row, but I, I, I the plan wasn't what I hoped that it would have been. I, I, I wonder if they had not anticipated the monsoon that they had to play in, but it, Sullivan has done an admiral job as well. I don't think that he's going to lose his job. Uh, he's still working with with Rudolph. Keep that in mind. Um, overall, I, I, I in another show we'll get into it another time. I I don't I don't know how Faulkner would lose his job right now. I, I don't think there's a way yeah, in the world like, to not hire him. I don't I'm know how you couldn't if, hire him. I'm wondering if there if there's any way to sell it to both to bring both back in their current roles. I don't. If you, can get, I, you can get them both you know, back. I. I can't say that that's impossible. I don't think Faulkner would want that. No, I don't think so either. I think that's just weird. Um, 
I think that's, to your that's, point, it, you, it's unprecedented. I don't think they've even done it before. I can't even really I mean, say why they wouldn't outside of you're paying me to be the coordinator. I need to call the plays. Okay. Yeah, I'm I agree. Drawing them up I, for this I, reason. In I season, agree. it makes sense. If you have the offseason to prepare, you want to hire the offensive coordinator, you need to let me do this. That That's part of the, the standard uh, coordinator role. I want to have that responsibility. Plus, what you'd be doing is paying two coaches because it's not like Sullivan is going to say, you want me to coach the most important position on the field and call the plays, and you think right, I'm going baby. to do that for anything less than the highest-paid quarterbacks coach in the game? No, yeah, <laughs> not, not a chance. Steelers don't like to pay money outside of the fact that their head coach is one of the highest paid coaches in the game. That's where they put the money. They don't put it into the assistant coaches because they pay their head coach a huge amount of money. And while we saw a, a brutal three game stretch, we can't ignore the fact that we just saw a three, a, a three game stretch that was really good. And that, you know, Tomlin is able to put that together consistently when his back is up against the wall. So it, it's hard to say he's not going to get a, a, an extension with some more money on it now. Uh, and that's more money that's not going to go to the assistant coaches. Hey, thank you, Corey, for popping in and chiming in with that. They can exercise Najee's fifth year. And I think what we've seen, and, and not to oversimplify, or, or I'm just going to say I'm going to oversimplify it, what you've seen out of the Steeler offense since Faulkner has become the coordinator, in my opinion, is you've seen or you saw a rededication to the running game as the foundation, that Najee Harris would be the foundation back and that Warren would be that change of pace back, the juice. He would provide the juice that Najee didn't. So you had a refocus on the running game. It's under center. The passing game with, with Warren as well, as opposed to yes. Najee. Yes, in the passing game as well. So what they did was he complemented some of the skills that Najee was deficient in. Namely, like you said, catching the ball out the backfield and that juice. Although Najee has had, I think, eight plus runs of 20 yards, which is like third in the National Football League. However, with that being said, or I should say also in addition to that, the offense reestablished the running game under center play action in deep shots. That's what you kind of saw this offense get back to. And it worked well. It worked well. And to your point, like you said last uh, on the last show, I don't know how you cannot hire Faulkner back unless you absolutely get the best offensive coordinator on the market, who's probably whoever that is, is would yeah, take whoever, a head coaching no. job. <laughs> He's not you know, taking that job. Yeah. So you <laughs> so it, it, it's going to be very interesting uh, moving forward because. They have some critical decisions. I think one of the most critical decisions, they got to bring Jalen back or they've got to bring back another back similar to him to compliment Najee. And like Corey said, they ran a lot of split zone action today. And like to Mike Tomlin, let's get to Tomlin again. 10 and 7. I think you called it perfectly. I think I called 11 and 6. So kudos to you. You said 10 and 7. I think I said 11 and 6. Before I get into my point about Tomlin, big up, Neil. You see how we're coordinated listeners? And again, you're listening to the new standards. We're coordinated. I'm going with the gold, the city of champions, Pittsburgh, 1975, the Steel City hoodie. We're just complimenting each other. That This, this, hey. was, a, this was a Christmas present, and I, nice. I defied tradition. 
Um, I had been wearing the same sweatshirt during games uh, the last three weeks during the winning streak after I, I changed it out. Um, it kept losing. I, I went back and forth, but the other one's just an absolute disaster. I spilled stuff all over it. So I had put this one on because I had to go out and, and do stuff and I just didn't take it off. So fortunately, this one's now 1-0. So we're, we're happy with that. <laughs> Yes, and I love this one, and I'm giving a little bit of shout-out to the store in Pittsburgh. I got this on Walnut Street uh, at the Steel City Shop, uh, the City of Champions 1975 hoodie, and I believe, uh, I think, I don't know why they called it the City of Champions, because the Pirates definitely didn't win it in 1975. I think just the Steelers won it in 75, but, you know. Hey, I was living in Pittsburgh at that time. I was a little tight, five years old, running around uh, with my Steeler helmet on uh, and a road runner, bunny, road runner, whatever thing. I used to ride uh, down the hall at my grandmother's house and play like I was mean Joe Green. But the Steelers and Mike Tomlin again, man, as much as I want to get past Tomlin, Tomlin is man Tomlin he's that mushroom in the rain man like when those rains get to us every year every year Lance we do this we always end up with you son of a bitch (laughs) can't fire you can't fire you I mean god damn it change stuff I mean honestly I mean honestly you just should have beat Baltimore to win the division tonight it should have happened And honestly, man, I'm looking at this and saying, look, as much as I don't have faith in the fact that uh, Tomlin can build a staff to build an offense to effectively communicate for a world champion, to Marcus Jay's point, he needs good coordination on the offensive side of the ball. I I, I just, (laughs) it just, I mean, we're we're in the same place, Neil, as we were last year. He got ten wins out of this team, and you could argue, I mean, they they should have probably won twelve games this year. And, twelve and, and is I where think, they should have been. They had plenty of opportunity to win thirteen. And I plenty and I, of opportunity. I mean, it, I don't know if you have the damn quarterback right. For... I, you know, and I don't know if that's. It, it, to his brilliance or the fact that you have over 20 teams in the National Football League with seven or more losses. I don't know what it is. I just know that there's no way in the world they're moving on from Tomlin. Tomlin is going to get an extension. And I just feel like we're going to be in the same place next year talking about the same shit that they're 10 and 7. If, and if, they're t- if they're 10 and seven, who's to say they're not nine and eight? You know? They're not nine and eight. I, I just, why, why would we think otherwise? This is just like, oh, like, man. like Corey is saying, th- this is a script. This is like part five of the NFL script. Tomlin gets his nine plus wins and the Steelers compete for the seventh seed. I mean, I, I, I and I'm not saying that's bad. It's, and the Steelers' history in the 17-game season of the NFL, that's what it is. <laughs> okay? yes. That's what they're doing. This isn't even the – we've only been doing this show for, what, three seasons? This is yes. the third time we've sat after their game wondering if they were going to be in the playoffs or not. 
You know, they, they, they win and they don't get in in week 18. It, it's, they're always fighting for that last wild card spot. And it's great that you're doing that. It's just, are you rising up to that or are you shrinking down to it? That's the question. That's a great, that that's a great point. And I had a conversation, uh, you know, with my brother, who's a Patriot fan, big Pats fan, big up to him. And we were talking about, uh, and Anthony Picano is right. Tomlin is the Steelers groundhog day. You know, what is success? And, and, and we'll talk about that probably uh, maybe tomorrow, however it shakes out, because we're going to be giving you a show anyway, regardless of how it shakes out, is that I'm having a difficult I'm having a difficulty defining what is a successful season for me. I'm having a lot of difficulty. And James, <laughs> don't ever call Mike Tomlin Wayne Fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a pull. If that, we if we had any money, we had a producer and we could put stuff up right now. I'm dying to put a shot of Wayne Fonts on the screen. A shot of Wayne Fonts. I mean, that, that, that's a great call on, on a league, the Wayne Fonts. In a league that came up with organized crime and people of a certain persuasion, Wayne Fonts looked the most like a mobster than any coach who's ever lived in the NFL. It's absolutely hysterical. That, it's it's a pretty good analogy. Wayne Fonts was kind of like that. <laughs> they were kind of your quintessential eight and eight, nine and seven team there. He was 67 and 71 in his career. He's from Boston. Go figure. Wayne Fonts. I think Wayne Fonts was a uh, Puerto Rican, Boricua, if I'm not mistaken. Italian, isn't he? Oh, he was Italian? Well, I, I, th- I thought, Fonts okay, was... let me let me look it up. Honestly, I, yeah, I thought was, he was Italian. Yeah, I thought, now we'll have to I edit out my mob wrong. joke. Uh, you know, I could be getting that wrong. I thought I thought Wayne was uh Puerto Rican. I found some shots of Wayne. I would try to pull that up and put Wayne on the background, but I'm not as crafty uh with my uh skills. Why but, is it why is it, Lance, every time we bring up a coach from the past, we get a story like this. In the fall of 1987, Fonts pleaded guilty to driving while intoxicated after an incident in which he was originally also charged with possession of cocaine. <laughs> the more serious charge was dropped, however. Because he's a Detroit coach. <laughs> he got hired after this. Can you imagine any of this happening today? It, it, he, was, and there's, he, was the Lions, he was the Lions defensive coordinator that year. They promoted him. After and they that. promoted him. Well, the Lions have a track record of having uh, butt-naked coaches in drive throughs <laughs> It's always the Lions. Uh, it's always the Lions. And I don't know if you guys can see the top of his head. You, you can see us, but I don't know if you can see the top of his head in the background. Wayne Fonts. And I guess there's a Dude, legitimately. is Mike Tomlin. Holy nah, shit. Mike won more than Wayne Fonts, though. Well, yes, Wayne... but look look at this stretch, though. 91, they're 12-4, yes. lost in the, the NFC Championship game. Next year, 5-11 and 11, somehow. So skip that. But next three years, 10 and 6, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, won the division once, made the playoffs all three times, lost in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's pretty close. Yeah. And listeners, before we get off the program, I want to give you a live update as we're watching the ESPN live playoff picture update. The Steelers' playoff chances have risen in the last two minutes. To 71.6. 71. I don't 71. Know how that would have changed. Maybe 
71 point six. Is that because Houston and, and Indianapolis did not score in a five minute period? Therefore, their odds of tying the game just increased a little bit. Not a math major. I don't know, Probably. but it was Probably. 68 after the game. How did it go up to 71? Did they, Probably. Did they forget to carry the nine? Yeah, you're probably absolutely right because they've played some of the game, I guess, and it's closer to a tie. So it, it's got to be that, but that's just stupid then. If you're doing that, don't put up live odds. That doesn't make any sense. And so right now the Colts are a 51.3% chance to Houston's 48.6. Yeah, so they're and pretty so, close. But what are the odds of a tie then? I can't. I, I, no, I they didn't put the odds of a tie on there. So I'm guessing who would the Steelers play if they made it? As they played a two seed, my guess would be, would be they'd play the two, and that is uh, if if it's Miami, if Miami wins, I think they're the two seed. Yeah. That, so they have a reason to play this game, and Miami. I gotta be honest with you. That's a real well. Okay, let's be honest. We're la- we're we're putting layer upon layer of thing here. The real issue, bottom line, is if TJ Watt can't play, I don't know what they're going to do because Marcus Golden is not going to replace TJ Watt. No, no. Let me just say uh, this, Obviously, and that they're not built to to not have TJ Watt for for their biggest game. Before we get out of here, Neil, tomorrow, 5.16 p.m. Wait, they're just kicking off now. (laughs) He hasn't even started yet. I, I I don't know. I'm what just happened? reading. Did, did I'm just reading the numbers. <laughs> I'm just, did, did I'm Wayne just get pulled over for cocaine Art, possession again? Art Schleister is starting uh, for the Colts. <laughs> um, at this time, at five sixteen p.m. Or let's just say, it, are Steelers make it to the playoffs? Neil Stradamus, look into your Neil Str- your crystal ball. Steelers getting in. God, I uh, hate picking games. I'm not following either team very closely. Honestly, um, I, I'd, I'd say no where I sit right now. Just, it's not, obviously, it doesn't have anything to do with the Steelers. I just, I, I Tennessee has played like walking dog bleep for the last month. I don't see how they're going to rally and, and rebound when Jacksonville needs to win the game. Nobody is showing up in, in Nashville to watch that game. It's gonna it, if they are, they're Jaguars fans. Jacksonville just has a better advantage. And from there, I don't think Miami has the time to replace their their two starting edge rushers in, in a week and beat a team like Buffalo. I don't I don't think they're they're able to do that. Buffalo has gotten a lot better ever since whatever the hell Sean McDermott was trying to tell people about 9-11. I they they're a better team that galvanized them somehow. Crazy fuckers. It it's <laughs> Buffalo's a good team. Miami just doesn't it, it's it's a bad matchup for the Steelers. You know, these aren't the teams that you wanted to have to rely on, but you know, this is why you need to beat New England. This is why you need to beat um Arizona. Arizona. You, you, uh, you beat one of them and we're not talking. Oh. I, I, I'm going to say they're gonna make the playoffs. And for no other reason than Tariq Hill and prayers out to Tariq Hill, his family, uh, house burnt down or a part of his house burnt down based on, uh, I think it was a lighter. A kid might have started a lighter or something. Something happened in his house and uh, part of his house burnt down. So prayers out to him. Tariq Hill goes supernatural 
and gets pissed off and has 215 yards. And after they got their butt whooped by the Baltimore Ravens, they come back. I just watched uh, Hard Knocks. They're fired up, and they get it done. Isn't Hill hurt too, though? He had a walking boot on when he was surveying the scene of his house burning down. It was nice for local media to film all of that. He just had special herbs. He had herbs and seasoning. (laughs) Is that what he used the lighter for? Yeah, he had herbs. That's what the lighter was there for. (laughs) The boot. And so he's going to be fine. The Steelers are going to make the playoffs and get blown out in the first round, like they did against Kansas City a couple of years ago. And everybody they, at Steeler they, Nation will be. beat Miami. They they match up with Miami. They really do. And Miami's defense is going to be banged to nothing. You know, and if they can't put quarter. pressure on Rudolph against the, the rest of that defense, Howard's hurt. Um, it, I you know they're not going to be favored. They'll probably be five, maybe six point underdogs. But I I like the Steelers better against Miami probably than against any other team in in the playoff field. So as what crazy happen, as that is. So the I guess if Buffalo wins, they're the two seed. So um Buff- yeah, I, well, I, I, if Buffalo wins, the Steelers wouldn't have that spot yeah, anyway. Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. So but with that, listeners, we're gonna go ahead and conclude uh, the show. Just really quick, sorry, Jerry yes. Dulac just uh uh Jerry Dulac is reporting TJ Watt will have an MRI tomorrow in Pittsburgh to determine the extent of his injury. It cannot properly be evaluated until then. So yes. what that means is they know something. They're not exactly sure, but they're not saying anything until they get the MRI back. That's very much part of the course. Uh, they did the same thing with Kenny Pickett and every other player that got hurt. We thought Pickett was probably out for the year. Um, actually, it oh. turns out that Pickett was out for the year. He got hurt and yes. didn't play again. Yes. <laughs> Walked myself into that. And... Um... Big up to Corey. Damn it, Lance. Stop. Change your mind. That's hilarious. So so, so let me change my mind then. The Steelers will be eliminated, so that means they'll go to the playoffs. I have the power well, I'm of... Glad I couldn't convince you. So, yeah. You Corey just it. cites reverse jinx theory. and Yes. And Happy just... New Year to everybody. If I didn't give you... Wish you a Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mel. Uh, happy New Year, James. Happy New Year, everybody. If you want to hit us with a super chat to start the gear off, please do. Um, you know, maybe we can pay for uh, a Christmas card or a holiday card to to give to TJ. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just give us a super chat, if you will. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. Steelers finish up the year 10 and 7. We will wait and see if they make it to the dance. If a girl will ask them out on the dance floor, we will be waiting. But with that. We're going to conclude the program, and as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Titans, go Dolphins. Go Titans, go Dolphins.